Welcome to Season 3. The You Don't Have to Be Perfect podcast is an authentic space to talk about life in truth and love. This podcast has evolved, which is no surprise to me, because when you live authentically, you experience a lot of change. Thankfully, it's always a positive change, because when you ditch the coulds and shoulds and let God lead, the outcome is always beautiful. This podcast started as a resource for recovering perfectionists, but has expanded into a place for all to come and be themselves, share their struggles and their victories, giving God the glory along the way. Our world today suffers from an excessive amount of pressure on all sides that leave an individual feeling overwhelmed, burnt out, and eventually hopeless. My guests and myself have experienced all of these feelings at one time or another, which is why these stories and encouragements will inspire and uplift you. Hi friends, welcome to season three of the You Don't Have to Be Perfect podcast. Season three has something extra special just for you. Along with the interviews you love from my authentic guests, you will have the opportunity to listen to the new free audio version of my newest book, The Relevant Old Testament, Illuminating Lessons from Imperfect People. I was inspired to create this audio version for those who want to listen during their commute or while doing the dishes. It is still recommended to sit down when you get a chance and go through this Bible study book as it involves a lot of one-on-one writing time with God. But I believe you will find this audio version helpful as you get started. Each chapter will be recorded as its own episode. Please feel free to share the listening links with your friends. Thanks for listening. Have a great day. The Relevant Old Testament, Illuminating Lessons from Imperfect People. Chapter 7, Part 2, David. David was the second king of the United Kingdom of Israel. According to the Hebrew Bible Old Testament, he is depicted as a righteous king, although not without fault, as well as an acclaimed warrior, musician, and poet. He is traditionally credited with the authorship of many of the Psalms. The narrative depicts him throughout his life as conflicted between his ruthless ambition and lusts and his desire to serve God. The biblical chronology sets his life C. 1037 to 970 BC. His reign over Judah C. 1007 to 1000 BC. And his reign over the United Kingdom of Israel C. 1000 to 970 BC. Timelineindex.com David is the father of Jesse, who is in the line of Jesus. If you've been picking up on this in the book so far, David being in the line of Jesus was not a happy accident. It was all ordained by God. David was young, and at first glance, he wasn't Samuel's pick for king. Read and record. Read 1 Samuel 16, verses 1 through 13. Does anything about the Lord's request to Samuel seem odd? So now I will read for you 1 Samuel 16, 1-13. Samuel goes to Bethlehem. Now the Lord said to Samuel, How long will you grieve over Saul, since I have rejected him from being king over Israel? Fill your horn with oil and go. 
I will send you to Jesse the Bethlehemite, for I have selected a king for myself among his sons. But Samuel said, How can I go? When Saul hears of it, he will kill me. And the Lord said, Take a heifer with you and say, I have come to sacrifice to the Lord. You shall invite Jesse to sacrifice, and I will show you what you shall do. And you shall anoint me, the one whom I designate to you. So Samuel did what the Lord said and came to Bethlehem. And the elders of the city came trembling to meet him and said, Do you come in peace? He said, In peace I have come to sacrifice to the Lord. Consecrate yourselves and come with me to the sacrifice. He also consecrated Jesse and his sons and invited them with the sacrifice. When they entered, he looked at Eliab and thought, Surely the Lord's anointed is before him. But the Lord said to Samuel, Do not look at his appearance or at his height of his stature, because I have rejected him. For God sees not as man sees, for man looks at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. Then Jesse called Abinadab and made him pass before Samuel. And he said, The Lord has not chosen this one either. Next Jesse made Shammah pass by. And he said, The Lord has not chosen this one either. Next Jesse made Shammah pass by. And he said, The Lord has not chosen this one either. Thus Jesse made seven of his sons pass before Samuel. But Samuel said to Jesse, The Lord has not chosen these three. And Samuel said to Jesse, Are these all the children? And he said, There remains yet the youngest, and behold, he is tending the sheep. Then Samuel said to Jesse, Send and bring him, for we will not sit down until he comes here. And Samuel said to Jesse, Are these all the children? And he said, There remains yet the youngest, and behold, he is tending the sheep. Then Samuel said to Jesse, Send and bring him, for we will not sit down until he comes here. So he sent and brought him in. Now he was ruddy, with beautiful eyes and a handsome appearance. And the Lord said, Arise, anoint him, for this is he. Then Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the midst of his brothers. And the Spirit of the Lord came mightily upon David from that day forward. And Samuel arose and went to Ramah. So here's the question again. Does anything about the Lord's request to Samuel seem odd? Do you relate to Samuel in his hesitation to anoint David? Why or why not? How do you feel about verse 7? Does it encourage you or discourage you? Reread it if you need to. Why was David God's pick for king? There are always multiple perspectives to any given situation, and I will highlight two of them for our purposes. God chose David because he wanted to, or because God knew David to be a man who desired to honor him. Based on the text, which do you believe is more likely? The jury is still out for me. The text makes it very clear that God sent his Holy Spirit over David, verse 13. And it's apparent that God took his spirit away from Saul, 1 Samuel 16, 14. 
The only thing I can reason is that God did this because he knew their hearts, as he said he did, 1 Samuel 16, 7. He knew he wouldn't be able to do with Saul what he did with David. Read 1 Samuel 24, verses 5 through 22, and write down what you notice about David's character. So I will go ahead and read 1 Samuel 24, verses 5 to 22. It came about afterward that David's conscience bothered him because he had cut off the edge of Saul's robe. So he said to his men, Far be it from me because of the Lord that I should do this thing to my Lord, the anointed, to stretch out my hand against him, since he is the Lord's anointed. David persuaded his men with these words and did not allow them to rise up against Saul. And Saul arose, left the cave, and went on his way. Now afterward, David arose and went out of the cave and called after Saul, saying, My lord, the king. And when Saul looked behind him, David bowed with his face to the ground and prostrated himself. David said to Saul, Why do you listen to the words of men, saying, Behold, David seeks to harm you? Behold, this day your eyes have seen that the Lord has given you today into my hand in the cave. And some said to kill you, but my eye had pity on you. And I said, I will not stretch out my hand against my Lord, for he is the Lord's anointed. Now, my father, see, indeed, see the edge of your robe in my hand. For in that I cut off the edge of your robe and did not kill you. Know and perceive that there is no evil or rebellion in my hands, and I have not sinned against you, though you are lying in wait for my life to take it. May the Lord judge between you and me, and may the Lord avenge me on you, but my hand shall not be against you. As the proverb of the ancient says, Out of the wicked comes forth wickedness, but my hand shall not be against you. After whom? Has the king of Israel come out? Whom are you pursuing? A dead dog? A single flea? The Lord therefore be judge and decide between you and me, and may he see and plead my cause and deliver me from your hand. When David had finished speaking these words to Saul, Saul said, Is this your voice, my son David? Then Saul lifted his voice and wept. He said to David, You are more righteous than I, for you have dealt well with me while I have dealt wickedly with you. You have declared today that you have done good to me, that the Lord delivered me into your hand, and yet you did not kill me. For if a man finds his enemy, will he let him go away safely? May the Lord therefore reward you with good in return for what you have done to me this day. Now behold, I know that you will surely be king, and that the kingdom of Israel will be established in your hand. So now swear to me by the Lord that you will not cut off my descendants after me, and that you will not destroy my name from my father's household. David swore to Saul, and Saul went to his home. But David and his men went up to the stronghold. So what did you notice about David's character? Now jump to 1 Samuel 28, verses 1 through 25. And I again will read those for you. Saul and the spirit medium. 
Now it came about in those days that the Philistines gathered their armed camps for war to fight against Israel. And Achish said to David, Know assuredly that you will go out with me in the camp, you and your men. David said to Achish, Very well, you shall know what your servant can do. So Achish said to David, Very well, I will make you my bodyguard for life. Now Samuel was dead, and all Israel had lamented him and buried him in Ramah, his own city. And Saul had removed from the land those who were mediums and spiritists. So the Philistines gathered together and came to the camp in Shunem. And Saul gathered all Israel together, and they camped in Gilboa. When Saul saw the camp of the Philistines, he was afraid, and his heart trembled greatly. When Saul inquired of the Lord, the Lord did not answer him, either by dreams or by Urim or by prophets. Then Saul said to his servants, Seek for me a woman who is a medium, that I may go to her and inquire of her. And his servants said to him, Behold, there is a woman who is a medium at Endor. Then Saul disguised himself by putting on other clothes and went, he and two men with him. And they came to the woman by night, and he said, Conjure up for me, please, and bring up for me whom I shall name to you. But the woman said to him, Behold, you know what Saul has done, how he has cut off those who are mediums and spiritists from the land. Why are you then laying a snare for my life to bring about my death? Saul, vow Saul vowed to her by the Lord, saying, As the Lord lives, no punishment shall come upon you for this thing. Then the woman said, Whom shall I bring up for you? And he said, Bring up Samuel for me. When the woman saw Samuel, she cried out with a loud voice, and the woman spoke to Saul, saying, Why have you deceived me? For you are Saul. The king said to her, Do not be afraid, but what do you see? And the woman said to Saul, I see a divine being coming up from the earth. He said to her, What is this form? And she said, An old man is coming up, and he is wrapped with a robe. And Saul knew it was Samuel, and he bowed with his face to the ground and did homage. Then Samuel said to Saul, Why have you disturbed me by bringing me up? And Saul answered, I am greatly distressed, for the Philistines are waging war against me, and God has departed from me and no longer answers me, either through prophets or by dreams. Therefore I have called you, that you may make known to me what I should do. Samuel said, Why then do you ask me, since the Lord has departed from you and has become your adversary? The Lord has done accordingly as he spoke through me. For the Lord has torn the kingdom out of your hand and given it to your neighbor, to David. As you did not obey the Lord and did not execute his fierce wrath on Amalek. So the Lord has done this thing to you this day. Moreover, the Lord will also give over Israel along with you into your hands of the Philistines. Therefore, tomorrow you and your sons will be with me. Indeed, the Lord will give over the army of Israel into the hands of the Philistines. 
Then Saul immediately fell full length upon the ground and was very afraid because of the words of Samuel. Also, there was no strength in him, for he had eaten no food all day and all night. The woman came to Saul and saw that he was terrified and said to him, Behold, your maidservant has obeyed you, and I have taken my life in my hand and have listened to your words which you spoke to me. So now also please listen to the voice of your maidservant, and let me set a piece of bread before you that you may eat and have strength when you go on your way. But he refused and said, I will not eat. However, his servants together with the woman urged him, and he listened to them. So he arose from the ground and sat on the bed. The woman had a fattened calf in the house, and she quickly slaughtered it, and she took flour, kneaded it, and baked unleavened bread from it. She brought it before Saul and his servants, and they ate. Then they arose and went away that night. And that is the end of this passage. Write down any questions or observations you have as you read this chapter. Saul was frightened when he saw the camp of the Philistines, so he inquired of the Lord. Did God respond? What did Saul feel driven to do when God did not respond? Samuel was brought back from death through the medium that Saul sought out. What does Saul say to Samuel? How does Samuel respond? Saul has just been told that the Philistines will overpower the army of Israel and that it's all his fault. What do you feel for Saul? Justice or sorrow? Why did Saul become an enemy of God? Let's relate. I think you'll agree it's crucial that our hearts can be like David's and not like Saul's. So let's examine it the best we can. You will find that 1st and 2nd Samuel flood us with layers of meaningful symbolism, examples of humanness, and the character of God. So I encourage you to study it thoroughly. Before this book, we will stick to the hearts of David and Saul. Are you crying for Saul yet? I feel so badly for him. It's so hard for me to read this story and hold on to the truth that God is good. Saul's ending feels cruel. Saul was a human just like the rest of us. He made mistakes like the rest of us. But God took his spirit away from Saul, 1 Samuel 16, 15-18, and gave it to David. He allowed evil spirits to come over him and possess his mind. Saul was not a bad guy, just like there are so many of us who aren't bad people. But our relationship with Jesus is very much at the surface level. We might get heavily into our religion for a while, into our church, into outreach programs, etc. And those things are great. But if we aren't digging down deep into the pit of our hearts and revealing them to God as a form of surrender, then we are like Saul. Initially, this chapter wasn't going to be part of the book, but I felt compelled to add it while doing another Bible study one day. The condition of our heart matters. It's all too easy for us to go through life never checking on the intentions of our heart never investigating the validity of our relationship with Christ. 
Do we merely believe in God and our Savior Jesus, the Christ, or do we follow him with all that we have and all that we are? This is a question that matters, and this is the vast difference between Saul and David. Saul knew God was powerful. Saul knew that he wanted God's favor over his life because he knew what a difference it made. Saul wanted to be in right standing with God, but didn't offer his heart to the Lord. He went through Samuel. He kept his distance from God. David wrote hundreds of songs and prayers to the Lord, letting God into every inch of his being. He made mistakes like Saul did because he was human, but his heart belonged to God. Thoughtful Pause Does your heart belong to God like David's, or is it far away like Saul's? Use this time to pray and or journal. Offer up your everything to the Lord. He already sees everything there is to see in you, but reveal it to Him for your sake. Show Him that you trust Him and desire to follow Him. And that is the end of chapter 7. I hope you will join me next time for chapter 8, Wrapping Up Jacob. I'm so glad you've been enjoying the You Don't Have to Be Perfect podcast and wanted you to know that if you'd like to support and help share its uplifting message, you can leave a positive review on Apple or Spotify. To donate 99 cents, $4.99, or $9.99 a month, simply click the anchor link in the notes of this show. Once you're on the anchor homepage of the You Don't Have to Be Perfect podcast, click the middle button that says support and select your amount and enter your info. It's quick and easy and will make a great impact on the lives of my family. Thanks for being with me today. Let's keep practicing saying no to perfect and yes to truth. Take care.